Welcome to the 3B3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So, my question was, outside of Yaramir Yager and outside of lockouts, what players can you think of or know about that have signed first with an NHL team only to end up signing with a European team to come back to sign with an NHL team as a player? Okay. I I went with Alexander Radulov because that was the guy who came out with all the promise in the world played in the QMJHL, went on to play with the Predators, and then went, peace, I'm out, and then came back. So I went a little more off the board. I thought of uh, Miko Koskinen, who <gasps> started out his, his career. Uh, he came out of Finland signed a contract with the Islanders played all of like three or four games. Um, I doubt he even played like, oh, he probably played less, less than 50 games in North America before going back to Finland and eventually made his way to the KHL and came over before last season. See, this was an honest question on my part because I couldn't think of anybody. <laughs> well, I mean, the the other one, um, the hell, I mean, the other one effectively would be Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah, he's probably the the. I want to say he's probably the biggest name outside of Yager to have done it. Mm. At least until, well, it doesn't look like he was going to, but there was talk that Pavel Datsuk might make a reappearance for a final season in North America. But yeah, and see, that's now I have to I have to put the asterisk on Kovalchuk because he did technically go and play in Russia during one of the lockouts, but came back to New Jersey, and then after that left to go play in Russia exclusively because of some contract dispute and then came back to play um, for the Kings this year. So, I mean, it wasn't a hundred percent lockout, but it was close, I guess. I mean, he went to Russia, came back and went to Russia and came back. One of those was a lockout. So it still counts. Okay, good. (laughs) Survey says, so nobody, nobody who who started out in North America then. So no Canadians or Americans who have done that. Just Europeans. Maybe that's a different question for another day. No, yeah. it's someone I can't think of in the going to play for the KHL now. Derek Ryan of the Calgary Flames. He tried to make it work in North America. He's a Canadian by birth tried to carve out a North American career, but ended up going, I think he went junior hockey to Canadian CIS to basically every other European league before making it to the NHL three seasons ago, maybe four. 
but I, I don't think there's been that pure North American. I signed in the KHL and came back. I think they just stay there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I God, I'm trying to say there were. As far as the KHL, I've just, I don't think I've. I mean, I know guys have fallen out of NHL contracts and got over there, and like you said, Pat stayed over there, or they've never got close to NHL contracts. And stayed over there. I, I, I was sitting there. I'm trying to think. You know, have there been many at all North Americans that have done it? Even even not playing in the NHL first, or even if they did play in the NHL first. Sorry. I got nothing. And I'm sure there's probably people screaming at their phones or whatever podcast listening to device are some names that we're forgetting, but I'll 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 take the L on that one. I can't think of any. Yeah, or maybe not. Maybe maybe other people are looking around going, huh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I could name some names, but it's not inspiring a lot of oh yeah, they'll make it back. You know, right. the big the biggest one is uh Zach Boychuk, social media social media influencer himself. Social media auto follower, Zach Boychuk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you have, you know, great names like Cam Barker or Simone Dupre or okay. Mark Andre Gragnani. What about everyone's favorite, Mark Arcabello? <laughs> No, oh, oh no! I think a name just popped into my head. Oh no! Here we go. Dun. Bum, I, I, I want to confirm before I say anything. Who won the Norris Trophy this year? Oh, Shazbot. Yeah, we completely forgot that one. Oh, Shazbot. God. Oh. I don't know what made it pop in my head, but Mark Giordano. Oh, how did we. Okay. How the hell did we walk right. So he. Wow, AHL, cup of coffee in the NHL. Then he plays like half a season, and then he goes uh, in 07-08 over to uh, Ovechkin's team, and then he comes back and becomes a force in the NHL. Shazbot. Ugh. Okay, so there's your answer, Cassie. <laughs> All right, good show, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Next time on 3v3. Yeah. <laughs> so now we can get, get on to more important things, right? <laughs> like, the Seattle, like the Seattle Gooey Ducks? Oh, wait, that wasn't what their press conference was about to announce their team name? That's not going to happen until sometime in 2020, I believe. That's what I saw. Go Gooey Ducks, and it's spelled, <laughs> and it's spelled G-E-O, right? Go Gooey Ducks. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, you have GEO Jeff Baker covering the team, so right? I th- it makes sense. Right? Are you sure it's not? It's sure it's not Goof Baker. You know, <laughs> the whole Jeff and GIF and yeah. G off, yeah off. Well, no, the E's silent, right? <laughs> In that case, it depends. Is he from Quebec or not? Oh, this is well. He doesn't have any H's in his name, so we won't know. Ah, uh, Artley, Bob mm. Artley. <laughs> I'm disappointed they didn't announce a team name because that was that was the expected. No, it was never expected. No, you're a damn team name. Go go. Uh, you should I'm have not letting Evergreen. it go. You should have gone to Evergreen. No, no one needs to go to Evergreen unless they're... <laughs> God, this is going to become another Pacific Northwest rant cast. Unless you're going in for professional massage therapy and <laughs> equine homeopathy astrology. No one goes <clears> to <throat> Evergreen. I'm a professional. I'm a professor of equine astrology homeopath at <laughs> freaking Evergreen. Oh, gooey ducks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, having gone to high school 20 miles from Evergreen, you have no idea how much I love that. <laughs> anyway. This horse is a Pisces. He's got issues. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> so, um, Pat, your thoughts on, on your team's former GM becoming... The Seattle. Um, Gooey ducks. Um, I can't get past the Nikki. I can't get past that team name. I think that's we just have to start calling it and force it into uh, existence. We will. This is this is uh, this is you know. Uh, no, really, I, we don't. <laughs> at, at, my, at my company, at my co- at the company I've worked at for years, they encourage bottom-up driven decisions. And as someone who's, I'm not going to go there. Um, so go Gooey Ducks. <laughs> All right. So um, Gooey Ducks general manager, Ron Francis. <laughs> um, good for Ron. I'll, I'll just say that. I don't think he is. Nice and diplomatic. He's, well, like, <laughs> he's not unqualified. He's not a bad choice. Um. Did they have to hire him this far out? I don't know. Um, So I actually think he did a very admirable job in Carolina. Um, A little too patient uh, in in year four specifically. you know, when the market was pretty much dying, uh, the season ticket base dwindled to below. I can finally confirm this uh, below or at five thousand. And those aren't full season ticket packages. But oh, God, that include those uh, half packs and ten packs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it, it got bad because it was just the product was stale. You know, his patient approach built what we saw, but it needed to be injected with top talent last year. Um, Just change a few faces in and out. Um, So I think 
I think he can do a very good job in Seattle, and it has nothing to do with the resources that the ownership group can provide him. It's more, hopefully he has enough time to implement a plan, whether it be a hiring plan for the front office for the next 18 months, um, you know, scouting, you know, potential draft picks two years out. Um, I actually think he could do quite well at, with the expansion draft where we think no one's going to make all the crazy side deals with Seattle that, you know, they made previously with Vegas. I still think Francis, his, his biggest attribute for me was his ability to do pro scouting where he could, you know, break down players and kind of, get guys with the most potential. Now we never saw that in Carolina, but I think it, it's a skill that will aid him well, you know, leading an expansion draft. So I don't know. I, I think he can do well. I think he can make it a, a playoff team year two or three. Um, I don't think you'll see what's happened to Vegas where they're already in cap trouble because they, you know, immediately sign guys these ridiculous long-term deals with big numbers. Um, so good hire. Was I? I was very surprised they made this hire this far out, though. So there's there's a few sentiments running around about him, and that his patience was not solely him being patient. It was a byproduct of the ownership. And we never got to see Ron Francis under an ownership group that was a little more open to spending. You know? I mean, the draft is 100% them and the pro scouting group. I mean, in the amateur scouting group. But when it comes to filling out those top tier guys that, you know, you sometimes need to pick up in trades, but they've got contracts with them and salary was that I, I always get the sensation that he may have wanted to pull a few of those deals, but went to ownership and got the kibosh because it would almost essentially break the bank, especially with all the crap that the Carmanos were doing to each other. And I will say some of that was completely overblown. Um, that's just I'm, like arrested development lawyer needs uh, law and order, you know? Yeah, but somewhere somewhere between what we read and what's going on is the and, and what somewhere between what one side will tell you and what the other side will tell you is the truth. So you know there had to be something going on. Right. And, and I always I always take this, you know, when when somebody's law representative or somebody's manager or agent comes out and does one of these song and dance routines and oh, woe is me type thing. I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good PR spin. But I know that's not what's going on. And Peter the Greek was a terrible owner at the end. Just he was. Absent, you know, he he took care of his guys and when I say that, I know Francis was probably well-paid. He was at least a mid-tier paid general manager. You're seeing um, 
former assistant GM and AHL coach uh, Mike Vellucci, who was part of the, you know, the Carmanos hockey family for years, starting in Plymouth uh, in the OHL. He was handsomely paid to be an AGM, and then he was probably the highest paid uh, uh, American League coach last year. But then when it came to the rest of the team and, you know, the resources, it was just a joke. But where I, Francis had an opportunity in uh, the 2018 uh, trade deadline to uh, make some splashes. And I think that's what ultimately cost him his job in Carolina. Yeah. You can, you can say he was kicked upstairs. He, he just wanted to keep both his hands on the wheel and not, uh, he, he didn't want to change, you know, mid season into this, you know, collaborative decision-making process, or at least that's what I'm led to believe. But he had the opportunity to make some, make some changes and he he likes to, you know, hold firm. And I think one thing that's going to be interesting as an expansion team, those first couple of first round draft picks that he selects uh, and you know, everyone you're reading it over and over again, whether it be, you know, through the athletic, through the hockey news, hockey news, we'll get to that later. Um, (laughs) Because as I joked before this, um, this is a five degrees of Ron Francis episode (laughs) because everything I can tie back to Ron Francis. Um, Francis loves his first round draft picks and he overvalues them. And wouldn't it be a surprise when he was booted upstairs and before, you know, he parted ways with the organization that they traded three of his first round draft picks picks because he was partially responsible for the Skinner pick back in 2010, but they traded Skinner, Lindholm and Hannafin in, you know, a period of two, two months, two and a half months, almost all first round draft picks that Francis did not want to part with at different points in time. He held on to his first round guys. He never made a player for player trade in season. Um, he, he he was kind of following the Kevin Shovel Day Off playbook. Well, as we kind of saw in Columbus, as we kind of saw, you know, with the Jets finally is you reach a breaking point and enough is enough. And so I'm curious to see what's that breaking point with a brand new team when everything is shiny and new and, you know, you're you're putting your stamp and putting in the history books. Are they going to draft a Nick Suzuki and then trade him one year later, like Vegas did? Hmm. That's good. Okay. I think I, I I often wonder how much of those sorts of things are on him as solely as much as they are the amateur scout saying we need to go this way or we need to go this way, and then him. Ultimately, you know, it's it's the buck stops here type mentality, right? I mean, it's his final decision. But you but having managed I'm not a general manager, having managed people, you know, it's sort of you take the advice of the people you put around you and you trust and then you sort of say, okay, between these three, 
I think we should go this route versus override overruling one of them and saying we need to get this guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to be very interested to see. I mean, there's been some of the interviews that have been done around here. He's said kind of up front he's not going to do any um, hiring in the amateur scouting department until it gets probably into the middle of next year. But pro scouting is a different story. Yeah, because what's going to happen is in between his, you know, he was quoted as saying, at least for the next few months, he's going to be between North Carolina and, you know, Washington State. I fully expect him to be, I I think, Ivan Holink is in Edmonton this year. I fully expect him to be there. He'll be doing He'll be scouting the four nations. He'll be doing a lot of amateur scouting himself because he was big on being their first. He actually said that somebody had asked him um, if he'd get around to watching the Thunderbirds, Seattle Thunderbirds. And uh, he said that he plans on, on scouting WHL teams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure you will. I'm sure we'll be able to go up and see him in Everett and Seattle quite a few times next season. Yeah. Easily, you know, okay, there's Ronnie franchise. If, if he doesn't like actually like camp out there for the entirety of next season, <laughs> like a fixture. Um, my, my whole thing is I, I keep coming back to this and it, it probably really has no bearing on anything, but I still, my brain still keeps coming back to this is that Ron Francis's entire career has been in the East coast. You know, I mean, he he was an OHL player. He played in Hartford, Carolina, Toronto, Pittsburgh, GM in, in Carolina. And then he's coming to Seattle, and I can't help but sit there and think, this city is totally going to blindside him. <laughs> in what way? I, I, I haven't quite put my finger on what way, but I really, there's there's just this this feeling that, like, that like he's gonna get mugged, <laughs> like the Seattle Seattle sport scene is just going to mug him in a big ugly way, and he's gonna be like, wait, what? Uh, before the expansion draft, before I mean, you know, since he's been hired so far out, um, I kind of feel like he's going to be um, hazed in some fashion. <laughs> that would that would imply that, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna get hate mail. That would imply that anybody in Seattle actually cares outside of a small pocket of fanatics. You know, that would imply that any of them care. And, and that might and, be it. It might so, be so, the, so, the... Go ahead. So what you're saying is he has to watch out for that guy that gave him the stick from the uh, NHL <laughs> to Seattle account? Uh, No. No, because no. I, th- I think they're Kool-Aid drinkers right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of that's... course they are. You, you guys have a shiny new toy that still hasn't been unwrapped because, you know, they haven't announced Gooey Ducks yet. Go, go, Gooey Ducks. <laughs> no, no Gooey Ducks. Yes. Don't let it go. Go, go, Gooey Ducks. <laughs> um, no, I, it's either going to be like the stark indifference of, of Seattle. Uh, Seattle. Yeah, after the warm welcome, after... The season ticket sales and you know and and just you know tomorrow nobody couldn't couldn't care less um or it's going to be like the seattle media um the seattle news media like prodding him 
I don't so know. Jeff, I don't think Jeff Baker. Jeff Baker is going to be the only one that gives a crap. He's been the only godsend around here, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's outside of him, and he's not going to be overly. He's not going to be like Toronto. He's not going to be overly critical because no. he's you know he's been very good at this whole thing. So yeah, unless he takes over Dave Tippett's spot on, and I don't even listen to sports radio anymore because. Dude, um, <laughs> Dave Tippett had a regular show, and I don't remember what the frequency of it was on the local sports radio around here before he left. And so, unless he takes over that slot, we're never going to hear about it. No, and you and you're not going to hear from him a ton. So locally in Raleigh, I mean, keep in mind he's he was in the market since 1999. Um. At most, he would do one radio hit every three weeks. So the local sports radio station, they have an agreement with the team where they would they would either interview the coach, the GM, or a random player on a every three-week cycle. So he rarely talked to people. Um, we used to name him Fort Knox, Fort Knox Francis because – no one ever talked about the team ever because he wasn't telling anyone anything and the media relations staff didn't, you know, feed the insiders any scoops. That's going to be very interesting. Sorry. Um, go ahead. So no, it, it's going to be interesting. Like he's definitely walking into a minefield in comparison to what he's used to just this calm, quiet lifestyle. Like, what is it like going to this press conference for a thing that's not really even off the ground where you're meeting the mayor and all these other people? Most of his press conferences were always in the basement of the arena, not in this, you know, fancy, you know, radio station, for lack of a better term, uh, where they held it the other day. So I'm going to be interested to see how, how quickly he, he goes tight-lipped or when the next time anyone locally, Patrick, actually hears from him. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It's going to be very interesting because he, in one fell swoop, became the face of the franchise because there's nobody else. Previously, it was Dave Tippett who had no problem going out and Doing, you know, he he'd been on the Sound of Hockey podcast. He did the week or whatever. I forget. I think it may have been weekly, the weekly radio show on on KJR. Um, did radio hits all around, you know, the the league, so to speak. So, I I think it's going to be that situation where he's now the face of the franchise because we lost that guy, right? Tim Lewicki is only so good at selling hockey. Now we have a general manager. And they say, I say we in the royal sense that I live here. Yeah. Go, 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 ducks. Yeah. And he's not publicly, he's not much of a salesman. Now I've had some private conversations with him, uh, on two or three occasions and he can, uh, he can sell you on his decisions. Let me put it to you that way. He's articulate, he's detailed, but he has nothing to articulate for the next year in all honesty. So, yeah. Well, see, it even, it's even more complicated than Tippett because not just is he only GM, but he's also a Hockey Hall of Famer. 
you know yeah. so he's, there's yeah. that there's that mystique of of being one of the top players that have ever played hockey along with that that like yeah, especially with with Edgar Martinez of the Mariners going into the hockey ho- or into the baseball Hall of Fame, and there's there's going to be that association of, oh, he's like amazing, on top of everything. So yeah. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna sit here and, and I'm gonna be like, okay, outside of this small vocal group, I could probably most people around here would not know that there is a hockey Hall of Fame, much less who is in it. So unless oh, they, unless you're they, so lucky, <laughs> unless they run around here banging the drum and announce him, you know, it's almost like if you if you don't announce him as Sir Patrick Stewart or Dame Judy Dench, right? It's it's almost like if it's if it's not a required honorific title, uh, he's a hockey Hall of Famer, Ron Francis. You know, they're gonna have to do that. They just can't say Ron Francis. They're gonna have they, to say hockey Hall of Famer, Ron uh, Francis. It's gonna be right. terrible. And they're going to have to educate people on who he is, because again, I'm sorry, this is not this is not a a a deep knowledge hockey market. Now it has grown and it's largely grown because of the transplants that have come here from hockey markets that bring their knowledge with them. But this is, you know, the the beer swilling Seahawks and Mariners fanatics aren't going to know. And no, I mean, the, I'm thinking more of like the media rather than like the fans, the, but the yeah, media is, the media is not going to know either. And oh, for crying out loud, he's going to put them to sleep outside <laughs> of, I guess, Jeff Baker, who he will deal with on a weekly, if not, you know, regular basis. Chris Daniels too. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. Chris Daniels is actually pretty good yeah. about being a big hockey fan. And at least, and, and it's funny because Daniels, is a sports guy on King Five, and good luck finding any coverage of hockey outside of when the Stanley Cup is on on King Five, on their news, on their sports reports. Oh yeah. Wait, they can do hockey coverage locally? No. Oh, yeah, no, that's what each, I thought. They just they just happen to throw it in, you know, because sports is generally what a minute and a half, two minutes on yeah. the eleven o'clock news, and it's a sort of a wrap up, run around all the different leagues and crap. If they have 15 seconds towards the end, you'll get some of them about it. Yeah, and it's we, been a slow news day for all the other sports in the Seattle area. Yeah, or just sports in general. It doesn't have yeah. to be in the Seattle area. Yeah. So, and God damn it, I I was I was gonna try and throw the no, he was in the Western Conference back at you, Cassie. But yeah. I completely forgot that Toronto had already moved back to the Eastern Conference. Oh, no, that that was 2004. Yeah. Nice try. Yeah, I, I'm off by 10 years. I, I thought they had moved later than they did. Curses! So if, if you want to tip <laughs> off anyone you know in the local, your hashtag local media, um, just get somebody to start calling them uh, Ronnie Franchise. Oh, just we already make- do. Oh, that's happening already. It's so ter- no, it's such it's a terrible me. nickname. Oh, you? Uh, well, for me and a few other people. Yeah. Who, yeah don't, again, don't do it. Again, it's the transplants who bring their hockey knowledge and this no. poor little pocket of us, you know, outsiders, really outsiders who know the sport. No, and I, some I, like diehard WHL fans. Yeah. And there are a few. I'm not going to not I'm not going to deny it. I mean, there's probably 
I mean, core-wise, there's probably a good twelve or 13,000 people here split between the, the Thunderbirds and the um, Silver Tips that are pretty good core WHL hockey fans. Now, that now again, that doesn't instantaneously translate into NHL knowledge, right? Right. Well, and, yeah. and you know, there's not a lot of overlap between WHL fans and NHL fans anyway. No. And so if you take that sort of 13,000 and say maybe 10% are interested in following these kids to the NHL, right? Oh, he's a former silver tip. I got to watch, you know, or, you know, even Seth Jones, right? Everyone hated him, but everyone loved him. You know, he was the guy on the, on the winter Hawks that everyone up here hated. But when he, he made the NHL, we're like, yeah, you know, and when he Mm -hmm. became Seth Jones, we're all like, yeah, because we got to see him play and you could see he was a standout. So you see that name, and maybe you follow his career in the NHL. But that's, you know, again, that's a percentage of a percentage of a percentage type scenario. Right. Uh, so a buddy of mine who's from Ontario was um, up at a hockey tournament in Whistler. And apparently Ronnie Franchise went up there for some reason. Um, and they ran into him at a local hydration establishment. <laughs> And he posted this picture of him standing, you know, him, Ron, Ron Francis standing in between him and another buddy of his. And, and so many people were like, who is that? Are we supposed to, and I'm like going, and I, I kept looking at their names going, you live here, you live here, you live here, you live here, you live here. And none of you know who this is. Mm-hmm. And then I went, Ronnie franchise. And my buddy is, my buddy's like, God, it's about time. <laughs> So, All right, so I have a small request because you did bring up Everett. Okay. Rather than re- refer to him as Ronnie Franchise, can you just call him the Silver Fox? Oh, I can totally do that too. Thank you. So can I do? I have my 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 girlish moment and say, oh my god, he is still hot at you know at however age he's at. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually saw him play with Hartford. Uh, in Hartford <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> but um, yeah, still good looking man. So face of the franchise, I'm okay with that because he's pretty. Silver Fox. The okay. Silver Fox, yep. I mean, it, it fits because, you know, the jersey was black and white and the only thing it was missing was silver yeah. because the gooey ducks don't have their colors announced yet. And maybe. Even though it's on their website. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure Gooey Ducks is a lot easier to trademark than, say, the Silver Foxes. I don't know. Outside of those Golden Girls, you know, base teams, I think Silver Foxes might be available. That might be easier than than some of the other names floating around. And they could go, they could take that in any direction that they want. With colors, with branding. But we won't know for another, like, nine months. Yeah, so. they're gonna, they're gonna hang on to announce the Gooey Ducks. I mean, come on. Yeah. No. Hey, it, they they got their cookie for the next, you know, through through opening night of this upcoming season. And then they'll now need this another. is Seattle. They're already done. They've already yeah. forgotten about it. <laughs> She's a hundred percent right, man. She's a hundred percent right. Again, outside of that core little group, they're done and over with it. But but thirty five thousand nope. people on a list. What does that mean? Oh, Half of man. them are from BC. Thank you. Of course they are. 
and a quarter of them were from Idaho and Montana. So and let's not. Yeah, yeah, don't forget the don't forget the uh, the rest from Portland. Yep. Let's not. You know, when they came out with that number, I was like, "Great, show me the zip codes." Yeah, pretty much. Show me the zip codes because. Give me the list. I'll map that baby out yeah. for you. I'll plot that sucker out for you. And it mm-hmm. was it was alluded to that there were a number from out of state. Oh no, I know of a number of people who who uh, put down deposits from BC. Same course. It's just like Buffalo, where they have quite a bit of Ontario people, because oh, yeah. it's a fraction of the cost of trying to go to Toronto. Yeah, it's it's probably cheaper for a lot of people in Vancouver to take the train down to a to a Gooey Ducks game, <laughs> spend a night in a hotel, and take a train back than it is just to go to a Canucks game that night. Yeah. Yeah, Toronto. I I know a ton of people that that exclusively go to Detroit or Buffalo, Buffalo because they can't get, they literally can't get seats at Toronto games. And then you see the platinum seat ghosts trademark pending to platinum seats ghost. Um, and it's just disgusting. So yeah, don't worry about that in Seattle. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not yet. Anyway, not ever. Anyway, True, because it doesn't happen with like the Seahawks, and if it happened anywhere, it'd be there first. Well, I think it's going to probably happen with the Sounders before it ever happens with the Seahawks. True, true. You're right. It's like never going to happen with the Mariners. You know, I, you know what? This is really bad. I mean, it sounds like I'm down on everything about the state. It's certainly not true. It's just our sports ownership. You know, up until the time that the that the Seahawks were contending for, you know, the uh, Super Bowl title, this is how it's been. <laughs> right. Before outside the of Sounders, before the Seahawks were actually good. <laughs> before the second Sounders. Right. The the um, LS MLS yeah. Sounders. Um, the NAA. NAA. Beef- before that, there was this one bright, shiny moment in the mid-90s where the, where the Mariners were actually almost good. And, the, and that and was about it. No, and don't forget the Sonics were good around that same time, too. They went oh, to the yeah. final. Yeah. And then, so, and then the, the Huskies were good during the, during the uh, 80s. And a little bit into the 90s. Into the 90s, yeah. yeah. Until they got dinged for the same Until thing that every... Don James retired. Well... Don James retired to avoid all of right. Oh, I know. To avoid NCAA stuff. Fired. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but I know. Yeah. But I'm just saying. <laughs> no, prior prior to the Seahawks, we had that one glorious moment of 1979 of downtown Freddie Brown and Jack Sigma and Lenny Wilkins. The Seattle Center Coliseum. And the Seattle Super Sonics. Beating yeah. the Washington Bullets for the NBA title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was almost 20 years of abject misery with for all three sports up here. So, yes, Pat, if you can completely understand, as a Hurricanes fan and a hockey fan in general, I think you can find out pretty fast why I have this sort of trepidation about this team, the Gooey Ducks. Makes sense to me. Go, go, gooey ducks. All right, let me transition it for a second. Okay. 
So the other thing that they talked about in this press conference beyond just Francis and hiring it, they mentioned Palm Springs a lot. And I don't think we've talked since they've, I don't think we really talked about that in any detail. No, because um, we were going with Boise before they decided Palm Springs. See, that's what I, that's what I thought as an outsider. That would have been the favorite, and I've heard. But I think Boise is going to be the ECHL team. That would be a good thing to have. Um, just I've heard fantastic things from uh, ECHL linesmen about how great it is to go to Boise compared to every other market in the league. Um. That was just a great place to play, great place to watch a game, just great place to hang out. And I, I thought they would kind of be the front runners, but then they kind of go into this little bottleneck in Southern California where there's kind, there's starting to be a little oversaturation of hockey teams, you know, between the goals, you know, you have the Kings and the Ducks right there. And then, you know, you're a stone throws away from wherever the um, Coyotes are going to play for the next two calendar seasons, maybe three. You've got Stockton, San Jose, Ontario, San Diego, Palm Springs. Yeah. Right. Bakersfield? And Bakersfield, too. Yeah. Forgot about that. Sorry. Um, Pat, that's exactly why they did it. They want their California division. Well, that that's a the HL does, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a byproduct of it. But guess what? We don't have to pay for a lot of plane tickets. Yep. Yep. Busting those guys around. Boise's a schlep, and there isn't a hell of a lot around Boise for them to get to. Well, that can be and, both a good and bad thing. And this it's a regional airport, so yep. flights uh, are even more right. expensive so out. That that's that's the reason then. Yeah. Palm Springs is Palm Springs, man. There's a major airport there. Well, when you have to use one, yeah. When you have to use one, yeah. Because, I mean, well, right before they made the announcement, who was it, Alaska Airlines? Somebody made the announcement that there was going to be direct flights from Palm Springs to Seattle. Like the week before the announcement that there's going to be an HL team. God, Alaska is, I want to say Alaska has been doing directs to Palm Springs for ages because my wife used to do, (laughs) again, equestrian stuff <laughs> um she she was she was not a homeopathic equine astrologer um she actually did uh hunter jumping type stuff and went to a few competitions and shows down in palm springs and i'm 95 percent sure it was a direct flight on alaska out of probably SeaTac. it is but there was because it i don't remember it being alaska that it may have been horizon it might have been Horizon, but somebody, some airline said randomly while this whole, like, are they or aren't they going to Palm Springs thing that, like, yeah, yeah, direct flights. We're announcing direct flights from Seattle to Palm Springs. I'm, like, thinking to myself, did they already have that? Someone? Somewhere? <laughs> Seems like they did. So, anyway, Palm Springs is uh, building a new arena. That's another thing to take into consideration. They were already and, in the process of doing that before this announcement. And it's an AEG building, so. Yeah. So, yeah. Another team in the desert. But somehow, you know, the nine, 190 hockey men have no problem with that because it's somewhere they want to go.
But I don't know. I just I just found Palm Springs just. I guess I didn't think about the airport aspect to it. I would have figured, okay, bridge the gap, and I guess you know there's already you know an AHL team there, so that might have complicated things uh, with the uh, Idaho Steelhead. So or wait, no, they're ECHL. Never mind. No. I don't know. I'm confusing myself on a Saturday night. This is how things get exciting in my household. (laughs) Pretty much the other thing to take into consideration flying out of Boise if you fly commercial, which I don't know if AHL teams do, I would assume, um, is that all flights out of Boise would be going through Seattle or Portland. Mm. So there's also that to, I don't know, I don't know how the Western conference of the ahl works when they do their flights how the teams arrange that but yeah are, are we are we're, we're back on travel our travel guide travel guide <laughs> what do i do for a living i know but <laughs> whatever you do avoid the truck crossing and the peace arch crossing <laughs> I, I, I've heard about that. Yeah. Always take, always take um, Abbotsford. Yeah. And Sumas. <laughs> always take the Abbotsford and Sumas crossing. Oh. <laughs> um. there's a really good uh, um, Bob's Burgers and Brew that's right there at the uh, Sumas crossing, just so people know. I'm sure. Ah, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna whoa this horse, Mr. Oh, Clark. Yes, you you touched on a on a subject earlier that I think is one of probably my favorites right now. Cup etiquette. Ah, mm. uh, yes. Mm. And Campbell complaining about animals eating out of the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Does he not know what hockey players are? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. I was going to say, how dare he talk about Pat Maroon like that? <laughs> I mean, Shocking. has he ever heard of Eddie Olchuk? <laughs> Just everything's being documented and nothing was behind closed doors and adult establishments where you're not allowed to take photos. Uh... I mean, that's the only difference between then and now. Well, there's rules in place that don't allow them to go to those places with the cup anymore. At least not on their day with. He says with a wink and a nod. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, well, having had a conversation with one of the guys that travels, it's a bit harder than you think. No, I, I that's why I say with a wink and a nod. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> harder, not impossible. No, nothing's impossible. Right. I just need to make a stop right here, real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> why, does, yeah. why, why does the cup smell like brass polish and enorme? <laughs> well, as you know, it just needs to be in its case by midnight. It never said where the case could or couldn't go. This is, is it true. Turn into you, a pumpkin, or <laughs> you know, no, they, they they actually have a curfew for the cup. Yep, supposedly. Mm. Yeah, the, largely, yeah. And, and and I'd like to thank the 1994 New York Rangers for that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
as well as the 80s Oilers. Because mm-hmm. as my retort, which is now sort of gone across the internet, thanks to a friend <laughs> retweeting it, Mr. Wyshynski, was how dare Pat Maroon eat from the Stanley Cup. The same, the same cup that the Oilers dumped kilos of cocaine into for the strippers to clean. That's just disgraceful. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, the fact that you know, I, it, it, if it were a writer for a different publication, who's just trying to, you know, I'd still laugh. At gain them. some. I, I would laugh at them, but then also in the back of my mind. Oh, you're just trying to get clicks, a la Justin Bourne talking about the should you wear a jersey of someone who is younger than you. Who cares? Or if you're over 30, should you wear a jersey at all? Yes. You know why? Advertisement. You know why? Because who cares? Because yeah. you want to. Exactly. It's like you're an adult. If you want to have cake for like breakfast, go ahead. I have and I will again someday. Exactly. Live a little damn right but the fact that the hockey news and some no i'm just gonna say all of its employees still bastions themselves as some sort of gatekeeper or some sort of influencer in the sport like they've all been revoked their hockey men cards you know their their pass keys no longer work haven't for years they're trying to get back in by using secret knocks is that what you're saying Ken Ken Campbell's going out putting out these little, you know, hydrogen bombs of of hate as sort of a secret knock to see if he'll get let back into the hockey men club. Yeah. <laughs> if they'll agree, you know, if they agree with me, then I'll get back in. You know, I just want back in. And it's got the, you know, the little sign on the door that says no Campbell's allowed. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. They have Polly Campbell. Oh god. Well, let's not let's not talk about him. <laughs> Blurg. No, that that that's a rant for another week. So yeah, I mean, it was funny. He was ratioed, as everyone expected, but they take themselves so seriously, and they've just been left behind. Well, and and much to, of their own doing. Sounds like the NHL. He wrote like a thousand words on it the next day, or something. Because he wanted to double down on the idea. Well, of but course. I'm sure he got fewer clicks than he did, you know, replies on Twitter. <sighs> hockey men. I want to be hockey men. Speaking of hockey men, one of which that was tied to the job that Ron Francis had, um, Ken Holland made his first major move. Hang on. Hang on. Seattle Gooey Duck general manager of the Silver Fox. Okay, let's get it right. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Old old habits die hard. Um, yeah, Kenny Holland breaking hearts. Not sure which team's fans he's breaking hearts of, but he's breaking hearts. All of them, I think. He's breaking Albertans' hearts. Uh, those poor people in Red Hat. Or Red Deer. Red Deer. <laughs> not Bam. Yeah. See, Medicine once again. Red Deer. <laughs> well, no. Red, Medicine Red... Deer. <laughs> That's another class at Evergreen College, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I was running a Prospects account, I used to be better with uh, Albertan city names and their proximity to one and over. 
But yeah, he he makes a deal and he he just falls on the coattails of the announcement. And so like all the NHL news for the rest of the month happened on a Friday. (laughs) That was fun. I still just what I what I what I loved was the people saying that good thing that this increased the grit level on the in the middle or bottom six for Calgary. And that was something that they were lacking. And I'm just sitting here looking at that lineup going, you have a Kachuk who is a universal pain in the ass. You need another one. This is Alberta. You can't have too many. It was not grit. You were lacking. The grit was not going to beat the Colorado avalanche. I'm sorry. It just wasn't. Let's outgrit them. I mean, come on. Get yourself a Harrison Ford. Like, what are they, sandpaper? I, what grit are they? Are they 80 or the 100? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, gritty, well, how gritty can Lucic be from the press box? The question is, can Lucic follow a very explicit set of rules? and do things in a very precise order that make no sense to anyone outside of Bill Peters and his most Albertan haircut, and then life will be okay for him. Because James Neal wasn't having that, and good for him for getting the heck out of that situation. Because James Neal didn't like Connecticut water, did he? No, he did not. God. But I'm telling you, Bill Peters, if you don't do exactly what he says, exactly when he tells you to do it, um, you're not going to be, uh, you know, you're not going to have a fan in your head coach. So you might as well just get the heck out of town now. Oh boy. Yeah. <sighs> so, so look forward to that lovely, um, third line of Derek Ryan, Elias Lindholm and Milan <laughs> Lucic. Um, credit goes to one Michael Flanagan of Raleigh, North Carolina for that one. I cannot take credit. Oh, my God. I'm sure you mean something by that. <laughs> I, uh, it's good. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, I want to get into the condition. <laughs> oh, dear God. I, I still haven't fully wrapped my brain around no, it. It's the, the way you wrap your brain around it is, is both, both teams knew that these guys are not good. <laughs> Are not good fits for the other team. So the condition is literally James Neal has to score 21 goals. Mm-hmm. And Lucic has to score 10 fewer. <laughs> for it to become a third round pick. Now, like, what is this? 10 year old boys trading hockey ex- cards? Exactly. You get to keep this, but only if. Exactly. They make the worst. They make the worst sort of seemingly random rules. Which, you know, are supposed to favor them because they know they're getting stiffed in the deal. You know, the other side, you know, wants to feel like they're getting stiffed in the deal. So here, you know, if your guy scores 21 goals, okay, and my guy scores 10 fewer, then I'll give you more. Yeah. (laughs) All while retaining salary. Right, right. So if he scores 20 goals and Luchard scores his normal two, um, that still doesn't qualify. Now imagine being the players in this trade and knowing what the condition is. Eight. 
I mean, just like Neil's going to piss off his boss. I mean, that's all there is to it. That's what Neil does. Like his job, his meaning in life. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, but but he's not going to be do, doing it by qualifying for that, uh, you know. Oh, no, all those trade conditions. No, he's going to score 19 goals and then feign an injury. <laughs> yeah. Oh, concussion. I can't play. Oh. Which is probably actually it's beneficial to Edmonton if he does do that, because that means they won't have to give up a third round pick. No, what's going to happen is in game 81, not game 82, because Neil will pull something and get hurt. He He's going to score two goals to land on 20. He's going to be on the ice for an empty net situation. He's going to throw the puck down, and you're going to see Connor McDavid fly as fast as you ever had, just to, just to get a it's just the tiniest off. stick on it, just to prevent it from happening. <laughs> uh, they're going to spend more time tracking how many goals Lucic scores than they are what they're actually doing, aren't they? Yep. I mean, it's just the most abstract and random like it's like you said cassie it's just two kids on the playground just making up weird rules about trading baseball cards or something mm-hmm. it's like okay okay i'll give you this extra card but only if <laughs> nah <Nuh-uh>, nah <nuh-uh. laughs> yeah Oh, please, please, just just more of this. Oh, I know. I love these conditions. Oh, I I, more conditions like I, this. We need more conditions like this. I do, too, because it just really says to both these guys, eh, yeah, I don't want you expect much of. <laughs> but you you know it, was, it, it came from a place of, well, we're going to motivate these guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, sure, because at, the, at, their, at their core, Holland and Benning are still hockey men. No, but I actually still think James Neal has something. I don't think he was ever worth a five-year contract. Um, it was a, few it players was, are like he can, he could put up thirty next year, and I'm not going to blink an eye. It, it was it, a, if he can actually play, you know, let's say seventy to seventy-five games. Yeah, that was such a stupid. That was such a stupid signing and a stupid agreement for him yeah. to go there. Because they already have James Neal. His name is Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. They don't need the same, you know. I, I made the joke that, and I do this all the time, team with team with James Neal archetype discovers that adding another James Neal doesn't increase their James Neal coefficient. <laughs> <laughs> that math checks out. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, it actually has an inverse effect on their James Neal coefficient. So it was just, it was not a good fit. And I'll give him that. I I don't disagree with you. I, I know we've spent the last however many minutes sort of digging into him. But I think if you put him up there with McDavid and he even plays moderate hockey like he did in Vegas, he could probably get 30. And he doesn't have to be that fast winger to play right. with him either. He just has to... Get in the right zone place, after right time. Yeah. 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 And that's and that's the thing is everyone thinks you have to be as fast near as fast with no. God God no. Just be smart. They're gonna you know, McDavid's gonna do all the legwork. Dry gonna do all the legwork. Just get somewhere where they can get you the puck 
and then have yeah. that finishing touch. And they're going to draw all the all the extra players to them. So you just exactly. need someone who's over on the side who's wide open, who's in the right place at the right time right. to pot one in. Exactly. Brett Hull, you know, wasn't the speediest guy on the face of the planet. Where did he go? He went somewhere where Adam Oates could lay him up to him. And Adam Oates drew everyone to him. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, the puck popped out on this beautiful little floater. And wang, you know, kaboom. There goes Brett Hall scoring another goal. That's all he needs. It's too much thinking for the hockey men, though. Oh, they, that team is full of so many guys that think they have to overcompensate for their lack of ability or whatever. There's just too many guys trying too hard. And it's just, they feel like they have to play way outside their boundaries for some inane reason. Just like, you know, James Neal's former head coach. <laughs> they they weren't surprised by, uh, the Flames weren't surprised by what Colorado did to them. Colorado was just a faster more dynamic team who could hold on to the puck. And when things didn't go precisely one team's way. You add Cal- Brett. Well, Calgary will be the new, will be the, let's say 2009 to 2007, 2018 Minnesota wild. They will be the new wild team. They might make the playoffs. I don't see them winning around anytime soon. And if they make the playoffs, it's pretty much because the rest of the teams around them didn't. <laughs> so it always gets me about the playoffs is that, um, you know, teams are trying to make it in and trying to be better, but they never really take into consideration the te- how the teams in the standings around them are doing. So just as, you know, p- teams are getting hot, other teams are getting cold, and that moves them up. And so I think Calgary is going to be one of those that just benefits from the teams around them in the standings. And when you, get, yeah, when you get to play L.A. and Anaheim that many times a season, you know, you're going to bank some points. Yep. And, and, and they stop. will be a great regular season team. Stop using logic about a team that gets to feed off the weaker teams in their own division, which they're forced to play in repeatedly but it's so easy forced Ah. all right so you guys ready for my question yeah we need to pull a shoot on this before pat and i both fall off dry island (laughs) oh no i've already i've already fallen off (gasps) i've already fallen off i'm gonna go get another beer and celebrate you falling off with me (laughs) I'm about to be traded to Columbus. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you guys something of a softball because I can. So my question this week is, out of every single hockey jersey that you have seen in your lifetime, which one is your favorite and why? Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast. This has been... The 3v3 Podcast, sponsored by Nobody. <laughs>